Marie Davidson is a self-confessed workaholic. Her fourth album, Working Class Woman, released in October of last year, is perhaps her most self-reflective to date. A veteran of the global club music scene, her most recent album is some of her most introspective, cutting work to date, and she's ready to poke fun at the industry she's spent her career navigating. She sat down with Chow Ravens, journalist and host of Red Bull Radio's Top Flight, before Marie's performance at Field Day Festival in London. Remember to rate the podcast wherever you get your audio on demand. music journalist and a radio host and I'm here today in East London with Marie Davidson. Hi. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah. And you were here because you were playing Field Day. I played last night. Oh, you also played yes. last night? Yes. I'm going to Manchester after this interview actually, taking a train. Excellent. Have you played there before? Yeah. Uh, it's I a good there. good yeah. place for, for yeah. clubs. Yeah. yeah. Good shows in London and Manchester have always been good. Uh, Bristol also, yeah. UK is nice. <laughs> what was uh, what was Field Day like? I saw your show. It was very high up. It that was must... fun. It got fun towards the second part. <laughs> Sonically and also physically, the the subs were right under the table, so my gear was like traveling, you know, and coming like while I was playing, my machine kept coming really, really close to the edge and to fall, and. That's okay when it's like one because I can just like push it back as I play. But when it's the whole thing, it's a lot of gear, so yeah. <laughs> I feel like the crowd enjoyed it though. Great. Yeah. I, I I love playing for people. That's why I play. I don't really play for myself live anymore. I, I love making music, but when I tour, it's more like I do it for, for the connection with people. Yeah. I hope that they have a good time. Um, tell me a bit about what you take with you as a live musician because you've got quite a lot of too stuff, much, I think. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like it's seven machines. Wow. It's two electrodes, one workstation, one sampler, um, uh, 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 Arturia Mini Brute and uh, Arturia Beatstep Pro, which is a sequencer. I have another sin. I two other synthesizer. The Mini Brute Arteria is a synthesizer, analog synth. I have a JP eighty eighty, which is another big synthesizer. And um, more big, it's not that big, but it's big for my setup. Um, and a Korg Monotrack, which is a small synthesizer sequencer. And I have a Zoom portable 
multi-track recorder. What's that for? It's for everything that's going to be played back. So I don't use a lot of playback except for two songs on my set where I really just sing or talk, which is Naive to the Bone and So Right. I don't, these songs are not like played live. It's, it's, it's like a track playing and then I, I interact with the crowd. And um, the rest I use, also, I use it for textures and kind of like unsynced samples, loose elements, but mostly textures. So is it called? And like sometimes I just sample, I record my voice, so I, I use it like a sampler, but I cannot launch stuff. I have a sampler, the Electribe sampler for like sounds and percussion, but this is more like a off the grid. It's the only element in my set that's not MIDI synchronized. So it's more off the grid sound textures, field recordings, vocal samples of myself or from films and stuff. So it's like the fun element. So that's the bit that allows you to not be rehearsed yeah. or, or just be spontaneous? Yeah, I rehearse my, my sets. I can extend or shorten or um, rearrange songs while I'm playing if I feel something. I do like make different versions of the tracks like, each time, but I don't jam. I'm not so spontaneous when I play live. It's more like, it's really like, a story and also like a bunch of manipulation so often in a track one track is leading to another mm. there's all cues in in on in my live show to other people who make um, electronic music even if it is all live because you're there as like a big personality you're almost more like a kind of rock performer because I totally mic. see myself much more like a, a musician and a rock like whatever um, singer I come from a band background and I'm going back to this for the next album with Ninja Tune actually yeah I'm going back to song mode okay yeah with, and I'll be playing with a band. Are there any particular performers that kind of inspired you at any point? Stage performers? I love Grace Jones. <laughs> um, Stevie Nicks, definitely. So it has nothing to do with electronic music. 
Grace uh, Jones. Uh, so G- 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 yeah. That makes sense, I yes. think. Uh, Jim Morrison, <laughs> for sure. So, yeah. But for the for the music that I do, my influences were more like musician and producers. But for stage performers, yeah, like Stevie Nicks, for sure, she's my favorite singer. And Grace Jones. Nico, Nico was a big influence. Mm. From early on, from like my previous band background, and I was in a band that was more uh, ambient, experimental, textures, a lot of vocals and a lot of layering, synthesizers, and mm. process violin. Nico was a big influence when I started making music in my late teen, early 20s. Was that the sort of the, the darker solo yeah, stuff? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or solo stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Post Velvet Underground. And even post her first solo album, oh, yeah. Chelsea Girls. Like Marble Index, anything from Marble Index. Desert Shore, The End is my favorite album mm. actually. It's Pro- so dark. Produced by it? John Kelly and Brian Eno. It's really dark, yeah, it, it's true. Usually people say like, oh, this music is dark, and I'm like, no, it's not dark. It's For me, it's like just calm or like people <laughs> as- associate like atonal music with darkness, and I'm often like, no, it's actually really calming. But Nico's stuff is definitely dark. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, Heavy. It's, it's definitely coming from a sort of dark yeah. place, but yeah. But, yeah. but also really beautiful. Mm. And completely unique and I think probably overlooked she's, at the time. Yeah, she's the best. She's like an alien. She was, no one has done anything like what she's done up to now, I find. Mm. She really had her own language and aesthetic. Mm. I was really influenced by her at the beginning of my musical career, but I'm not. I found my own language, I hope. harmonium and things like that. I was playing synths and uh, keyboards and mostly violin. Uh, uh, my background is violin. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's I, the, that could be a slightly John Cale-ish yeah, kind of I touch. Yeah, I would put, run my violin into a bunch of pedals. So I would use it kind of like a synthesizer or string. I would use a bow and the strings, but I would like a drone. use a lot, a lot. Yeah, some drones and some melodic uh, parts too. Mm-hmm. A lot of drones, but uh, also like 
meta declines into delay and reverb and um, tremolo stuff like that. Mm. And is that the kind of thing that you want to do more of? Do you want to work with no, instruments again? No, I'm not a good player. I'm, <laughs> I'm a songwriter, so I'm, that's why I'm gonna work with my band, with my co-producers. I, I write the songs and they arrange and they produce. Well, we do everything together, but I mean, I, my skill is to write melodic, strong melodic lines and lyrics, I, mm. I think, <laughs> I like to think. And their skill is both producing and arranging and composing. So I come with a composition and then we work on it together and they're more the producer. Mm -hmm. At the moment, that's what we're, we're doing and it works so well. That do you still do everything yourself when you're touring, basically? It's just yeah, you? Yeah, when I tour, it's every, I make everything, yeah. With all of the boxes, all of the yeah, gear, yeah, coming around. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking that you must um, you must spend quite a lot of time on your own, basically. I spend a lot of time on my own. Do you like being on your own? Yes. yes. <laughs> it's really important for me. I, I, if I don't spend time alone, I'm not a good person. I'm, I'm married and even in my life in Montreal I manage I, 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 I make sure that I spend a lot of time alone I need I need to what uh, well I'm quite interested in what you do with your time what kind of things you might be listening to and what kind of things you might be reading if you do those mm. things yeah uh, at the moment I'm reading a really nice the book is the, the Andrei Tarkovsky the filmmaker memoir oh interesting. Yeah. Uh, I have it in French, it's called Le Temps Scellé, so it means sealed time. I don't know what was the traduction, it's a Russian book, of course, but I have the French traduction. I don't know what's the English version, but it's probably something about like time and that's related to time. Uh, but I usually read, I'm, I'm into a lot, in, I'm really into psychology. I usually read health, psychology, uh, union, uh, analysis kind of stuff related yeah I like okay. I'm into uh, yeah young psychology uh, personality people mm. are you a Tarkovsky film yeah film? oh yeah like. he's my favorite director wow. I have a few but if I had to name one it's Tarkovsky that's a serious choice you have to be very patient with those films yeah I mean I find it What's really nice about this film is that you can watch them over and over again and they're so long and contemplative <laughs> and deep. Mm. He's a mystic, so you can really just keep watching and uh, getting more, getting to know more the, the, the film or the, mm. the ideas, the, the narrative behind the scenario sure. and the images. But you can also just watch it for the image. It's yeah. so beautiful. The picture, I mean, he's so talented with colors and light and mood. Does that overlap at all with your kind of interest in psychology? Is that, do they kind of relate in some way? Maybe. But I was always, a, I've been a fan of Tarkovsky since I'm 18. But I've been into psychology just for the last few years. Okay. Do you feel like you would retrain as a psychologist? Yeah, I'm actually thinking to go back to school. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. After the next album, 
We'll see. Yesterday. Maybe part time, maybe full time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you listen to your own music or? No, oh my god, no. <laughs> If there's something that I don't want to do is listen to my own music. <laughs> I hear it enough. Um, what have I been listening to? Uh, I was in a big Stevie Nicks flip in my face this winter and spring. <laughs> Now I'm kind of moving on. Um, I listen to a guided meditation podcast. Mostly on the plane because I hate flying and oh, I really? hate airports. Oh. Yeah, I get really stressed. Do you find those, those really long ones, like a good like 45 minutes, hour yeah. long, just some bells, some, that kind of thing? No, it's guided meditation because I don't, I can't, my mind is too, too wild. I cannot focus and meditate on my own, so it's like a guided. To that, remind that, you to. Yeah, keep, well, that talks it. about a lot of stuff, but. There's a lot of emphasis on the breath and then uh, thoughts, of course, try to let go of thoughts. But you can't stop thinking, so the trick is not to try to not think and to block the thoughts. Then you're not meditating, you're fighting. So the, the, the idea is to let the thoughts come and let the thoughts go, mm. which is like the exercise of meditation. Have you been doing it for long? Yeah, two years. Since I tour a lot. Mm. Do you feel like it has I've any... I've been touring for three years a lot, but I started using those podcasts about two years ago. Mm. Do you feel like it ever has any impact on your creative side at all? I play better when I meditate because I'm more focused. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um... Okay, so not music, but guided meditation tapes, right? Well, maybe we can put a bit of guided meditation into the podcast. That would be I good. listen to music too, like <laughs> a lot of music at home. Um, I listen a lot to Harold Bud. I'm a big Harold Bud fan. Well, that works perfectly with guided meditation, I'm sure. Yeah, true. <laughs> I listen to um, 
A lot of classical and ambient music, soundtracks. just seemed like such a great super fun thing to yeah, be doing. Yeah, that's what I thought too. That's why I got into this and then we find out it's not the case. Right, and I think having met enough musicians now and kind of got a sense of it, I think I'm kind of okay with not doing that. But I'm curious about how you feel like touring can kind of affect you, can sort of even change you as a person, because it's quite an unnatural way of life. Absolutely, it changed me. It definitely changed me. It affected a lot of my health and my quality of life but it also made me much stronger I used to be a bit shy to express my needs now I'm like fuck off man move over you're in my space or like I'm sorry I really need this I really need a bathroom I really need a glass of water I really need you to stop talking because I need to focus like, I, I'm not shy anymore to politely you know like, excuse me I'm sorry but please would you mind but still I have no like and I, I'm also like I've always I like to think that I, w I was always quite an honest person but I'm much much more honest now I just have no time to waste on pretending and that's the touring and traveling lack of sleep lack of space all that stuff you strike me as someone who's quite efficient I try to <laughs> I try to um, well, that fits in very well with, I guess, many of the sort of themes of the record and this sense that I get of you as being someone who works really hard. Yeah. Um, the record is Working Class Woman. Um, I was quite interested to know why you've chosen that phrase. It's not Working Woman. No. It's Working Class Woman. Yeah. Which is much more provocative, I guess, as a title. Yeah. What was the reason behind that word choice? Well, for me it was not just provocative. It's funny because I thought when I thought about it, I thought it was so clear, but no one picked it up. I thought that it was like a play on word with working class women because that's what I consider myself. Before being a full-time musician, I was a waitress for eight years. From 18 to... Yeah, from 18 to... Actually, nine years, 27. So yeah, I had to support myself. You know, I didn't go to university. I stopped school after college, college 
to pursue a music career. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And my parents didn't pay for, didn't back me up. They, I mean, I, they would probably help me if I asked them to. <laughs> but I don't come from a rich family. I don't come from a wealthy background. And I've learned to just support myself. It was normal and it, and it was fun. I, I'm glad that for the years I had, like, being young and playing in bands and partying and waitressing, it gave me a lot of freedom. And I like that freedom. I like I like the idea of making my own money, owning what I... What, what, what? Yeah, just making my own decisions. But also, I thought working class women, for me, was three separate words. Working, class, that's like classy in women. So I, I love that, because I, I think it's nice people who have class, you know? No matter what's your background or your status or your position in, in within society, anyone can has, have class. Like, it's not money that defines class. You can meet someone that's really wealthy and they have no class, and you can meet someone who's really poor or uh, modest and they have so much class. So, and women is, yeah, I am a woman and I'm a working woman. another kind of double thing going on yeah. because Work It is such a classic piece of vocal to have in a dance track. Yeah. Work it out, yeah, work yeah, it yeah, dancing. Course, yeah. But you're actually telling people that they need to work harder because you you work hard. That's what it feels like. But what I see at the end of the track is not that they need to work harder. I mean that they need to work for themselves. They're not for me. And that's, that's, quite the, that's the isn't it? most important point in the song. That's why at the end I say, so now that we've got an understanding, I need to explain one last thing to you. When I say work, I mean you've got to work for yourself, love yourself, feed yourself, so you can be a winner. All together. It's very inclusive and people don't always get it. Some people do, some people don't. And for me, it's like so obvious. <laughs> when I wrote the track it was really a, for fun I, I was no I didn't even have a I didn't have any contact with Ninja Tune it was I was not even thinking of a next it's after right after um, my first tour for the previous album Adio Dance Floor and I was just prepping a tour for um, festivals that was two years ago so not the festival season of 2017 I need something fun to 
play during my set, maybe towards the end, because it's gonna be big crowds and I need something driving. And I made the track and I made all the music before the lyrics. And then I just grabbed, I was in my studio, I just grabbed the mic and I just started fooling around. And all I had in mind was working because that's all I did at the time. Work, work it, work, work to be a winner. first night and then I went back home and I was like this is great I think I have something good but it's a bit narrow-minding you know work work kid yes sweat <laughs> it's a bit like obvious and then I thought yeah why doesn't it feel right completely right because this is not me I'm someone who have a lot of empathy and then I was, I was like how can I show this in the song and I was like well it's obvious it came and then I was like right I just have to mention to people what I mention to myself all the time. You have to be in tune with yourself. You have, if you're working hard, I hope you're doing it for yourself. If you, if you are pursuing something, career, a love relationship, whatever, um, ambitions, whatever are your your ambitions are, I hope you do it in the respect, like respecting the truth of who you are. Cause I've done it the other way around and it hurts. It really hurts on the long term. Working but not for yourself, for what other people want. Yeah, or not respecting who you are mm. and pushing to fit in or to appear powerful or stronger it's not exactly what you want or who, how you feel inside. Mm. Like, trying to show confidence when you don't feel confidence at all, it hurts. You can do it, but it will cost you a lot on the long term. Whether building up confidence because you're working on yourself, then this is something sustainable and healthy. Mm. Because you proved to yourself. It's the same. It's the same with appearance. If you're working on like crazy to to look like something you're not, first you might you probably won't get where you're trying to go, and you will hurt yourself mm. in many different ways. But if you're just working out for fun, and 
in respect of your whole body and your whole being, then it's healthy, it's called sports. <laughs> the tunnel, the tunnel. What a funny thing to be stuck in a tunnel. I can see the light fading. Time is running out. La lune. Je me souviens de la lune. Elle était haute dans le ciel de l'après-midi. Nous roulions juste en dessous d'elle. Je me souviens avoir souhaité être envoyé en exil sur la lune. Dans le rien, le gris et la désolation. Je m'imaginais que je m'appelle pour pouvoir un jour revenir sur Terre et connaître le réel amour. Quel joke, quoi. J'avais pas encore compris que je peux pas aimer si je m'aime pas moi-même. L'amour, c'est pas une récompense que l'on reçoit après avoir souffert. L'amour, c'est un don. Je peux pas me donner entièrement car je m'appartiens pas. Les monstres me dévorent quand je dors. Ils se nourrissent de mes peurs et me renvoient des cadeaux par la suite. Des beaux cauchemars en pleine sueur, ouais. Des démons tournent en rond dans mon estomac et c'est un party. Oh yeah. And by the way, I don't need a VR headset to feel emotion. Reality is disgusting enough and we all have to deal with it. Um, I feel like those ideas um, are obviously, well, informed by your experience, but perhaps also informed by your interest in psychology and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there are these, there are particularly these tracks, The Psychologist and The Tunnel on the record that mm -hmm. seem to be delving a bit yes. further in into that. In the psyche, yeah. Yeah. How, do you, was it easy to reach that type of... Uh, depth in terms of lyrics and stuff or is it, is it hard for you to kind of extract exactly what you want out of those deeper psychological uh, no, it's, feelings? No, it's quite easy for me. I just have to allow myself to go there and to allow myself to go there I need time on my own. <laughs> Um, and those two, those two tracks. I mean, would you also approach the music quite differently if you know that those are the themes, or do you not work that way around? I mostly do the music before the the lyrics in general. The only track that was the other way around on the record is the last track, La Chambre Intérieure, which I wrote the lyrics before because it was part of a show called Bullshit Threshold which was like a longer conceptual piece with a lot of talking and multimedia uh, cameras and films and uh, projection. It's a show I was doing with two other people, two other artists from Montreal. Does that still exist, that, that show, that project? Yeah, we do it once in a while when we get a good offer. <laughs> it's a nice, cool show. It's like more rooted in theatre mm. performance. Allô. 
la radio joue dans la maison d'en face J'entends les échos de voix dissipés par le vent Il est 7 heures du soir J'existe vraiment On your biggest fan There's all this stuff that people have clearly said to you that yeah. you're kind of throwing back at them. Yeah. Like, are you in a band? Yeah. And are you music. DJing? I'm a fan. <laughs> I love what you do. Do you think that people recognize themselves in I that hope track? one of one of them, I hope <laughs> the person recognized themselves because it was so stupid. The she's faking her accent. I mean, why if I could speak a better English. I mean, I think my English is quite alright, but I definitely have a strong accent. I'm a French-Canadian. Why would I waste my time <laughs> faking an accent so... Like, communication is so important. Who would want to reduce himself to... you? If you travel around the world, you really want to be understood as the best you can. That was so stupid. <laughs> that was so dumb. What is it about you? Why are you so strange? I love your music. Wait, do you play in a band? Yeah, I, I totally saw you. You kind of remind me of, um, you know, that, um, uh, um, uh, what's wrong with you? Are you annoyed? Are you doing a DJ set tonight? Do you think that people are intimidated by that attitude? I thought, I mean, I never thought about it before doing the, the record, but I realized afterwards, yes, and that was a big surprise for me. Yeah, people, some people are intimidated by me, and this is a really new thing for me. quite peaceful with that. <laughs> I don't want to, because people when they meet me personally, they're like, wow, you're so nice. Or usually that's what they say, but I can be a bitch once in a while. I can be. Now I honor myself to be. And if someone attacks me, I'll defend myself. That's how I like to think. But I'm quite accessible. I've had people coming to me after showing me, sorry, I don't want to be one of your biggest fans. I'm like, no, come on. <laughs> of course you're not. You just want to talk. We can talk, you know. Unless you see that I'm like breaking down or I'm really busy with something else. Don't jump on me. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I always have time to talk. I suppose it is the sort of curse of being a woman in public who knows what they're doing and knows you know what you want or you know you're clearly getting on with things and that that in itself I think can be intimidating still I mean I've I've had people say similar things to me and I don't understand why I'm like oh it's because people but. yeah people are so um, attached to um, 
concepts and, and uh, facade. It's we all wear a mask. We all have a persona. You, no one and no one in society can exist without a persona. It's just a filter for you to process me outside myself. There is no way someone, you would need to be living in a cave or like in a secluded place to be completely always 100% yourself and transparent. It's impossible. But then people confuse their own persona with themselves and other people's persona with who they are, truly are. And they make assumptions, but literally to know someone, it takes a lot of time. And I think it's also like within the music world, the music industry, whatever artistic industry, it's the branding also. People feel like they need to know who is what within like a click. Mm. That's impossible. And then yeah, they get surprised if someone is not what they thought they expected that this person would be. Or people fluctuate also. We can't be always the same. Mm. And I suppose part of the persona thing is that it, you want to be able to realize the differences between you and your persona and kind of accept it's your good own for persona. you to know yeah. yeah exactly and accept your persona and be at peace with that but not get lost into it and know who you really are mm. and what's what's who you who you are fundamentally mm. fundamentally and it takes time <laughs> hard-working person when I care so I was really hard-working in uh, theater drama classes because that was what I liked the most right. and I was really good in first we say 
communication oral, which is oral communication. Maybe that sounds really wrong in English. That's <laughs> Um, speech, I guess you call it speech. Like debating and things like that? Yeah, and like going on and like going on in front of the class and giving a lecture. Lecturing? I don't know. Sure, yeah. yeah. Almost like rhetoric, the idea of yeah. the sort of Latin yeah. subject. Yeah. I don't know. But not music then? I was alright musically, but <laughs> I, was, I, I, I was really into the choir. I really loved singing. I liked violin, but I liked I liked it. I was in the chamber orchestra, but I like I like classical music. But I didn't enjoy so much playing classical violin. I think I knew I was not good enough, so I didn't care so much. Mm. I became a hard worker in my 20s yeah mm. I kind of like used working to build up my sense of self which was healthy and unhe unhealthy mm. so now I'm like trying to deprogram this habit of work wanting to work and be perfect all the time because it has helped me and then it has also uh, it harmed me so mm. it's both you know see young Marie maybe on the school bus listening to music or in her bedroom after school what kind of things were you listening to? So you have to ask me at different ages and I will tell you. Well I'm, I guess an interesting age is usually 15 I think. 15, 15 is when you start to get obsessed maybe. 15 or maybe I before that. 15 I love uh Led Zeppelin. Wow. <laughs> um, a lot of hip hop, R&B hip hop. What kind of hip hop did you like? I was a well, I was a big Tupac fan. <laughs> Still am. Um, Is that what other kids in your class were listening to? Yeah, of course. Yeah. A lot of like mainstream pop, hip hop, R&B. 
Um, was there anything that you liked at the time that nobody else did that was kind of your thing? Well, yeah, I was, uh, since I'm 12, I got really, I got really into jazz. Billie Holiday was my favorite singer for all my teens. So that was like my music that I would listen on my own or with my parents. I love Chet Baker also. Uh, he's a jazz musician. But, uh, yeah. 15, that was it. I guess it was jazz and uh, a lot of mainstream music that I kind of like. The only thing that stayed with me is Tupac. I kind of like not, don't care about Destiny's Child anymore <laughs> or whatever I was listening to. It's like blurry now. <laughs> but I remember getting introduced to Led Zeppelin at 15 and really loving it, and I still am a Led Zeppelin fan. Wow. Yeah. I've never liked Led Zeppelin. I really? Just couldn't couldn't get that. Ah, love it. It's the vocals. I just no. yeah, it's over the top, but it's, <laughs> it's good. It's good. That's a rock top. performance. That's yeah. a real rock performance. He's a, he's a bit annoying, but he's a great singer. <laughs> See, also most rock frontmen. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really like Jim Morrison. I lost of respect for Jim Morrison. I know some people don't like him. I don't care. He's a great poet. He's a really good poet. I respect him not just as a singer and performer, but as a writer. And a close associate of Nico as well. Yeah. He's the one who pushed her to have a solo career. Right, yeah. When the music's over When the music's over My first serious boyfriend was 12 years older than me and he was a touring musician so he got me into Nicole actually wow. and everything I owe him so much 
within the, 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 the like on a, such a short, short time frame, I got introduced to Sonic Youth. That's changed my life. That's when I wanted. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting music. Maybe I want to play in a band. It's not like the music that I, my experience of music was kind of like boring. And then I was like, wow, bands. This is amazing. <laughs> Experimental rock. Oh my god. So much fun. So, yeah, Sonic Youth, Nico, Solo Career, Royal Trucks, which is still one of my favorite rock band ever. I'm still a big fan of Royal Trucks. Um, and then the electronic stuff came in like right after when I was 18 so I was really into Kraftwerk and Chris and Cozy. I love Tropping Grissel but really what I what really got me into electronic music and drum machines was the, the Chris and Cozy albums. into disco also and then that led into um, Italo disco and all electronic music early Detroit techno stuff Chicago house and eventually to club music but it, it took a while I didn't give a damn about club music until I got to like 25 yeah I was clubbing when I was in my late teens, but I was like clubbing like mainstream, like hip hop, dancehall, R&B, that kind of like clubbing. I was not like left field clubbing, I didn't care. <laughs> But was that available in Montreal? I assume so. I feel like yeah. Montreal has a kind of strong rave scene. Yeah, but I was too young. That's the thing. That it was a really strong rave scene, but it happened right before I started clubbing. And then it died out and something came back, but more like DIY and like underground parties. Right, that's kind of how I understand Montreal to be now, that it's yeah. quite... Pretty exciting, pretty vibrant, lots happening, but very DIY. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you do you still go out, or are you you're kind of over your club era? I go out like outside of work. <laughs> I'll I'll go out like maybe five times five times a year. Yeah, I I love dancing. I'm still a dancer, but I've been a bit reluctant to go out these days. 
Um, but I can definitely party. I still know how to party. <laughs> Just do these things you don't forget. <laughs> it's a skill that you've earned and you're not going to lose it. Um, I know that because you are very... It's a skill and or a malediction, <laughs> depending on what you do out of it. <laughs> um, as someone who obviously works on their own and I think by your own admission are maybe a bit of a control freak. I'm sure that yeah. those are your words, not yeah. mine. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I've controlled. What about, um, because you do collaborate, obviously, yeah. um, do you do you find that difficult? Or no, because I only collaborate with people that I trust, that I like what they do 100%, and I only collaborate with people that I find that I'm sure they will respect me and they trust me also. I will never engage with something that doesn't, someone or in a project that doesn't feel right. Mm. Even if it would be good for my career or something. I've turned out, turned down stuff, not because I didn't like the person or the music, but it just didn't feel natural, didn't feel right. Mm. Or the inspiration was not there fully. Is there anyone that you would like to collaborate with? No, not at the moment. I've collaborated with everyone I wanted to, or if there was people, there was people for sure, but I don't feel like collaborating anymore, so I just want to enjoy the music. I don't need to get in, in, in the way. <laughs> Tell me a bit about where you are heading next and, and what the next few months maybe hold for you. So I'll be touring a lot this summer and then I'm taking a year off. A year? Yeah, sabbatical year. Yeah, to make my next record. Okay. And take a break. I really need a break. What, what will you do first? Will you have a holiday? With no music allowed? Or is that impossible for you? Does that always have to be music? No, I'm always working on the song. <laughs> but no, I can't wait actually to go back to Montreal and work with my band. But I'll definitely... I can't wait to take a break from shows. Uh, Mostly flying. If I could teleport myself, I would probably keep playing shows. Right, because so much of playing a show is all the hours yeah. of waiting and travelling in between the traveling shows. Travelling and sound-checking and waiting and sound-checking and travelling and packing up here and travelling and sound-checking and waiting. <laughs> Are you really good at packing a suitcase? Yes. Yeah. Have you got it down to like a fine 
Oh, it's a citrus. Yeah. yeah. Um, what kind of ideas are currently in your mind for the next album, if you can say anything? What things are you thinking about? Stories. Okay. Because I feel like your albums are quite sort of thematically separate. So do you have a sense of an overall theme for it in a way? Or? Story. Song. Emotions. When you say stories, like, do you mean things that have happened to you? Yeah. Or things that I've imagined. Like, yeah. So actually the lyric writing is becoming more and more yeah. of a focus. Yeah. Oh, next album is totally focused on lyrical content. Ooh. Um, and you will be working with your band again? It's new. It's the first time, actually. This man is, has been created for this project. Okay. And we're always that. playing solo people. Oh, okay, so who is who is the band? It's my husband, and we have another band together, right. which is Esepa. And we've been working together, we've been playing together for like 10 years, I think. We were friends and bandmates at the beginning. <laughs> and uh, the third member is called, is, is called uh, Azael, and he used to make music under Bataille Solar. Now he's just called, it's just his name, his producer name, Azel. And, um, He's a really gifted, talented uh, composer, arranger, producer. And so having extra people, do you find that gives you freedom to experiment in different yeah. ways? Or? It's not, we're not going to experiment, it's not going to be an experimental album at all, but to ele- el- elaborate, you know, uh, refine, uh, really like production, just... Uh, arrangements. I'm not. I haven't been putting a lot of efforts on arrangements in my previous album, uh, but now this this, this is going to be the case. And uh, bringing back real instruments, still using electronics for sure, but uh, real instruments. That's going to be nice. <laughs> Getting more towards some kind of Sonic Youth style uh, experiment. No, not Sonic Youth. I'm, I'm done with them. <laughs> they were great for me though, but I don't really. I'm not influenced by them anymore. But more like classic, classic, classic pop, classic rock, chanson, chanson oh. française. Uh, yeah. Adult contemporary. <laughs> that is absolutely the last thing that I expected to be like. No, people sure. don't believe me. They're like, wow. But yeah. Okay. People are complex. A bit different persona. Yeah. And taste. Mm. The adult contemporary face. <laughs> okay. Those are all of my questions. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you.